chip on the floor, man. Some neighbors are saying way too loud. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Loose Lug Nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan. For the average fan, I'm Evan Roberts. Joined alongside, as always, my friend and partner in crime, Thomas Dick. And Thomas, two uh, races this weekend at Richmond. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of the truck race on Saturday and cup race on Sunday? First of all, um, you didn't do it as much this time. It's funny. Sometimes on the intro, you're like twangy. Like you're trying to be uh, like a NASCAR guy. I don't know if you've noticed it. I don't notice it. I'll never go back and listen to the episodes because I hate the way that I sound. Oh, see, I do it all the time. Like that's how I I try to artificially inflate our numbers. So sometimes I just fall asleep listening to it. Plus, it's where I find out that I like I step on you all the time. Yeah. You know, you learn from your mistakes. So you should go back and listen to some of the episodes. But yeah, you have a I'm more embarrassed because you showed me last week that if you listen to the podcast at one and a half times speed, I sound very similar to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> you do. <laughs> oh, man. Which uh, friend of the fam, uh, friend of the uh, program, friend of the family, <laughs> Matt Simon probably likes that because he's a big ben, ben Shapiro fan. So, um, yeah, listen to us once on one and a half speed. I don't know what I sound like, but he he definitely sounds like Ben Shapiro. All right. So uh, any thoughts on the race or do you just want to make fun of my voice? <laughs> I, I thought that's what we're doing this episode. No, I mean, they, they were entertaining races. I thought, um, you know, it, it's amazing how much it seemed like the racers enjoy Richmond. Um, and that, that sort of just came off in, in the broadcast, just the broadcasters talking about a, how much they like racing there and B how much the drivers seem to want to win there over some of the other tracks that are out there. And the way that they described it, it seemed to me like it was very similar to Homestead, Miami. And that's where a lot of guys say it's their favorite track just because it's so difficult. And they kept mentioning how Richmond, you could have the same setup that you did last year and your car is going to be completely different. So I think that challenge is really what um, excited them. And you could, and the one thing that I noticed uh, with both these races is the tire wear really paid off. And we'll talk about that, especially in the cup race. We saw some guys, uh, take a chance here and there, and it didn't really work out with them. And it's one of those tracks, if you're a fan of a driver who isn't like one of the really good drivers, um, you're hoping for cautions. And a lot of times the cautions ever get, get uh, come out. I remember I used to be a David Rudiman fan. Uh, one day we'll go through, through the evolution of what drivers I liked. Um, but after Michael Waltrip retired, I picked up David Rudiman and he was struggling the one time at Richmond and the whole race, like, I'm just like, God, I hope a yellow comes. Cause he's going to get lapped. Cause you get lapped sort of quick here. And unlike Bristol, where there's a lot of yellows to get back on the lead lap, they're not there at Richmond, which is why what, what 10 guys finished on the lead lap, I think. Um, this race, uh, the cup race. Um, I know there was nine when the last yellow came Four, out. 14. So someone got the lucky one. 14. Okay, some people took the waiver on and whatnot. But yeah, it's one of those ones where you just, if you have a shitty uh, driver you like, sorry, David Rudiman. <laughs> um, but that race, I'm just like, come on, yellow, come on. you. Because if you stay in the lead lap, you, you know, you're sort of still in the fray. But once you get behind, you're just chasing the dog at that point. And one thing we'll get into 
Um, only five caution flags in Sunday's race, 11 in the truck race, but only five. So, and two of the, or three of those were the stages ending, uh, and then the competition caution. So really only two cautions were caused, um, from accidents. And that's why we saw so many guys, um, get behind, but before we get into Sunday's cup race, let's go to Saturday's truck race. Spoiler alert, John Hunter Nemechek won, and he had his teammate pushing him behind him. But early on in stage one, Thor Sports was strong early. Infinger and Rhodes were one and two. Well, in the year before, they I want to say they finished one, two, three at, uh, at Richmond. I know they were definitely one because uh, Enfinger had won it. Um, yeah, it looked like they were going to not really run away with it, but they, they had a pretty uh, big, strong hold on it. Uh, Austin Hill and Rafael Assard were lingering the whole stage. Kyle Busch started uh, mid-middle of the pack. He got up to fourth place by lap 30. And then uh, Bush and Nemechek squeezed in the second and third uh, one that, that stage two yellow came out, or stage one yellow. Yeah, it's a grant end finger, one stage one. And then, as you just mentioned, John Hunter Nemechek and Kyle Busch finishing second and third. Ben Rhodes was fourth, and then uh, Austin Hill was fifth at the end of stage one. And it was pretty much uh, those guys up at the front in stage two when Nemechek, Infinger, Rhodes, and Kyle Busch um, right there in stage two. Yeah, and I think uh, the key to the race, um, we said uh, Bush might help Nemechek. Well, he didn't help him at the end of the race just because I don't think he was close enough to help him. And by that point, Nemechek had, had had clean air. But he definitely helped him a lap 105. They were on a restart. And uh, Bush and Nemechek were next to each other. Bush didn't race him like he would race any other driver. Once again, Nemechek's driving his truck. Um, he let Nemechek uh, get away and was going to let him get out in front of it. And Ben Rhodes noticed that. And he pounced below. And he got in front of Bush. And Bush actually got shuffled back to fourth. And he spent most of the rest of the race in dirty air. Um, because he did a racing move, he normally wouldn't do if he wasn't racing against his truck. Yeah. So uh, John Hunter Nemechek won stage two. And as you mentioned, uh, Grant Enfinger finished second. Ben Rhodes was third. And fourth was Austin Hill. And then uh, Kyle Busch in fifth. And then stage three, as we got down uh, to the nitty gritty, it was Kyle Busch Motorsports, one, two, three, uh, with Chandler Smith uh john hunter nemechek and kyle bush but uh chandler smith finished into fourth as tyler uh ankrum finished in third yeah and it was uh, i mean it was a nice run for ankrum i mean he only got 34 points but he was in 28th place in the standing so he needed something and this got him up to 20th and uh as one of my favorite baseball coaches says, uh, you know when you want to eat an elephant you gotta eat it one bite at a time so tyler took a uh a bite of the elephant and he's just got to keep going and taking more bites. Uh, you know, but again, I think the story of this race was that Bush didn't really push Nemechek. And so Nemechek's got two wins. Now, both of them were when Kyle Bush finished in second and didn't really push him. And as you put, told me a Bush ain't going to be there in the playoff to help Nemechek. Yeah, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays. I, I in no way do we want to say John Hunter Nemechek's not a good driver. No, he Just, is. It'll be interesting to see, you know, when Thor Sports has all their guys, uh, you know, guns ablaze and how he's able to handle it without 
Kyle up there helping him a little bit. Some other guys, uh, Chandler Smith, nice finish, finishing fourth. So KBM goes one, two, and four. Some other guys we wanted to give a shout-out for, Johnny Souter and Todd Gilliland, fifth and sixth, and they needed those good finishes. Yeah, they were uh, they were ones on the uh, the outside of the point thingies. Uh, I don't believe they've actually gotten in, but they've inched closer to that cutoff. And it, it finally getting some clarification listening to the race. It sounds like NASCAR is not going to give Grant Enfinger the uh, a, a waiver. So basically, if you're in the top eleven, you get in because Enfinger is messing that up a little bit. Um, but those guys are on their way in. A couple guys did struggle. Craft uh, Metcrafton had problems early, and he struggled the whole race. He battled to finish 18th. Moffitt was just a total lost cause, finishing in 37th. Yeah, Moffitt um, now 15th in the standings. On the outside looking in at this moment. Uh, Gilliland in ninth. And then uh, Jennifer Jo Cobb. <laughs> she was plucked more times than the Rosa Tralee. Or so I've been told. So I've been told. Well, it was, so we'll get into what the news that came out on Monday about her, but we kind of mentioned it last week when Mike Joy got a little upset over some people that kept getting in accidents. I think he would have been pretty pissed off if he was calling this truck race. Yeah, I think I muted you there for a second. I hope I didn't miss anything important. Sorry about that. Um, I got to <laughs> Jerry rig my setup here, but yeah, her and Howie, God damn, what, what's his last name? D, D. Savino got into three separate instances, <laughs> incidents. I mean, you talked about how there were uh, 11 yellow flags. They caused three of them. Yeah. And uh, we, Bob Pockross says NASCAR, claims that her not being uh cleared to run at talladega this week in the cup series has nothing to do with that come on <laughs> are you, like are you serious with that like, like i just don't get how that's in what world that's even remotely uh feasible like I mean, it has to be a response to that because she turned into him and then, like, everyone upstairs is like, that looked like she meant to do that. <laughs> and then, of course, she de- does the BS over the walkie-talkie. Yeah, like, uh, the steering broke, and I just took a hard left. <laughs> so, come on's all the way around. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens later this week, and then we'll break down the news in our preview episode that will come out on Friday. But it is interesting. As of right now, she has not been approved by NASCAR to race in the Talladega race on Sunday. Some guys that had some trouble closing Zane Smith and Rafael Lassard. Yeah. GMS racing. They were in the top five with like 70 laps to go. Lassard had a wreck with 35 laps to go. And then Zane Smith just faded. So they finished Smith 14th, Lassard 23rd. Not what you're looking for when you're running. So, uh, so good for most of the race and then Zane Smith. I mean, Oh my God, that was such a headache. He's in a yellow and red truck. So I'd be watching the race and I'd look up on the side of the uh, numbers bar thingy and there's no yellow and red because they have the, it's sort of color coordinated. Yeah. You know, it's not always the actual colors of the truck and the number, but it's pretty close. And it's something remotely close. I kept seeing this yellow and red truck 
like near the front. I'd be like, who the F is that? And I'd look at the bar and I couldn't see a red and yellow number. Well, they had him in blue and white 21. Those don't matter. Like, was I the only one? Did that happen to you at all? No, I knew who it was. Oh my God. It happened to me like six times. And like, <laughs> you know, I might've had some concussions lately. Uh, I just didn't remember. And I kept saying, who the F is this red and yellow truck? Plus I'm watching it. I, I was like watching it in between double headers. Yeah. Like I was at a baseball park for like 13 hours on Saturday. So not to use that as an excuse, but I'm going to use that as an excuse. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I'm come on FS1, whoever's running the thing, you get the right colors on the thing. We'll let them know. I mean, Bob Pockers uh, tweeted at us, so we're getting kind of famous. Maybe we start yeah. to get some poll. So, uh, some other guys that we wanted to give a shout out to: Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed. They got a little dicey with each other, but they were able to finish tenth uh, and eleventh. Yeah, I mean they. I mean they were going at it, and I think in retrospect, they're probably happy they didn't. They ended up with the okay finishes. Sheldon Creed was struggling early. Austin Hill was up there. He's probably disappointed with his 10th, but Creed, under the circumstances, happy with 11th. Those are better than finishing 30th and 31st. Just And and then probably the guy that had the most impressive day, and it'd be hard to argue against him, would be the 17-year-old Sam Meyer, who started 40th and recorded a top 10 finish, and he didn't finish in the top 10 in the first two stages. Yeah, I mean, uh, grinding it out, good. Uh, he's been in some races before. Good to see him, you know. You get more rides that way. If you if you're wrecking people, you don't get rides. If you finish ninth, you get rides. Yeah, smart by him. As long as you bring a sponsor, you got to bring a sponsor with you. <laughs> Part of the deal. It's like us and Hunt Brothers Pizza. Yeah, we do need to work on that too. Yeah. So I keep, right, well, I keep go ahead. I keep tagging them on our Instagram stuff, and they looked at a couple things. They were getting looks from Hunt Brothers. Yeah. We uh, we need to close the deal. So we're going to work on that. We'll put you in charge of sponsorships. You're a lot better at uh, getting people to follow us than I am. Well, there you go. All right. So that will do it for the truck recap. Let's transition into Sunday. And if you would have watched the first 385 laps, you would have thought that Denny Hamlin ran away with it. But it's Alex Bowman that comes away with the victory. And we'll get into the significance of that. But stage one, it was Truex and Hamlin that dominated uh, with Logano uh, kind of right behind him. Yeah, and then uh, I, I think what set up something in the future was like Truex was winning, winning, winning. Hamlin wasn't really dominating. The two Toyotas were dominating, but they were like neck and neck. Great pit at the first compet at the competition caution. Like Hamlin's crew a full second quicker than Truex. So he passes them, and then he uh, – those, those two and Logano were, like, the rest of the stage, and then uh, Hamlin gets the win. Um, mentally, Truex had to remember that pit stop and then another pit stop because it comes back to bite him in the uh, in the backside later on. Spoiler. Well, I thought it was also interesting, and I know you probably watched it recorded because you have sports going on, but uh, in the pre-race show – Larry Mack did a feature about all of the um, the pit crews and how um, he ranked the top 10 in the drivers who are quickest down pit road, and then the top 10 uh, pit crews, like the actual stops and how long they were, and then combined. And Denny Hamlin was at the top in both of those. And you could see that, and he proved it 
uh, in the race. So I thought it was pretty interesting that they were able to not predict it, but I mean, it came into effect in this race. Yeah. And, and it, it has to get you, uh, subconsciously con yeah subcon like it's got to be in the back of your mind when you're martin Truex and you're constantly one of your teammates is having a faster uh, pit stop and you might try to get some of those guys on his pit team i don't know how that works out there but uh yeah it's got to irritate the shit out of you that your teammate constantly has faster pit stops than you do and I think it approved too because Alex Bowman had a pit road penalty too. And I just think all these guys that are trying to make up time, and especially when a guy like Denny Hamlin's dominating, and you have to find those extra seconds to make up on him just because you know his car is that much faster. Indeed. And then we, we get to stage two. It was pretty much the same Hamlin, Truex, Logano. There was, a, for some people, ill timed yellow, for some other people, are fortuitously timed yellow. At lap 143, there was only six people left on the lead lap because they were in the middle of uh, green uh, flag pit cycles. Uh, after Sindrick got into Newman on a three wide, I thought it was Sindrick's fault. Guys up in the booth said, it's short track racing. You don't <laughs> want to go three wide. But Sindrick was a little wider than I think he needed to be. He was giving the guy underneath him some room probably way more room than he needed to and got into Newman. Anyhow, Matt DiBendetto, Daniel Suarez are the two that benefited the most. There were some more that benefited, but they only got like two or three spots. Before that whole cycle thingy, DiBendetto was 16th, and when it came washed out, he was 6th. Suarez, 26th to 15th. And then... Well, I thought that... So let's the biggest thing that I noticed was that Kozlowski and... Blaney rolled the dice and the ones that they particularly showed was Keselowski because he was in the lead. He had lapped everybody because he didn't pit at all. And it was pretty obvious that he was on old tires because he had, he had lapped Denny Hamlin who then came and then it didn't take Hamlin long to retake the lead. And it was funny because Keselowski was losing about two seconds every lap because he couldn't even get into the full throttle because of his tire wear. Well, and it's funny because when it first happened, like, oh, this may, this may pay off. And then it like, it started to go down slowly, but then it just snowballed and snowballed. And like you said, by the last five laps, it was like, holy crap, he might get left. Ice <laughs> type thing. Yeah. And, and like, uh, Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon, like once you make that decision, you pretty much have to wear it. And that's got to be frustrating as shit to just see cars just blowing by you. And they were just hope they were praying, praying, praying for a caution flag. And that's all they were looking for. And it never came, as I mentioned earlier, only uh, five caution flags and it did not come out until um, the end of the stage and 12 car, only 12 cars were on the lead lap at the end of stage two. And the guy that ended up winning the race, Alex Bowman, had to go to the rear after a tire got away from him in the pit stalls. Yeah, well, it's a lot better going to the rear with 12 cars on the lead lap than yeah. 4,269, <laughs> 42,060. I always get that wrong. Uh, I need to – anyhow. Yeah. So at, the, so at the end of stage two, Hamlin won again, uh, and then Truex finished second, uh, Logano finished third, fourth was Alex Bowman, 
fifth was Kevin Harvick, and then uh, Matt DiBendetto finished sixth, Kyle Busch seventh, William Byron eighth, Christopher Bell ninth, and Eric Amarola uh, finished tenth at the end of the stage. The biggest thing that happened to me in stage three, or at least early on, was they had another uh, cycle of pits going through, and Truex uh, got caught speeding on pit lane. But the important thing was is that he got out just before Hamlin and was able to pull away from him and didn't get lapped. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you could tell this is what we talked about before, though, that sense of urgency of my pit stop has to be faster than Hamlin's. Well, it I, it wasn't, but then he got the bonus tacked on of having to go back and do a, a drive-through penalty. It could have been horrendously bad. I mean, it still ended up being bad because even though he was pretty fast, what, he finished fourth, fifth, sixth? Uh, he finished fifth. Fifth. Um he should have been one of the top two or three cars. So yeah. it, it did cost him a little bit, might've cost him a win. We'll never know. But yeah, that sense of urgency and he sped everything up that I want to say that was entering. So that, I mean, yeah. yeah so well, then then I ha- I'm, well, I'm going to talk about it. I have an idea to fix all this. Um, I don't know if NASCAR will listen to me, but we'll talk about that later, but that took him out of the race, which I, it helps Bowman out. Another guy, uh bush missed a commitment cone that took him out so that was two less people that bowman had to win uh beat um logano was just lingering the whole race like he uh and we'll talk about it actually we'll talk about it now he's uh hamlin sort of i want to say he petered out or maybe logano i think logano was just better in the long run than hamlin was. yeah i mean they they mentioned that the one pit stop they had made some changes so he'd be better in the long run but with 66 laps to go logano finally took overtook hamlin and he was powering away and uh i'm gonna tell you something alex bowman owes kevin harvick some hunts brothers pizza and maybe some bush nah no no one's drinking the nah because with what was it with uh 20 laps to go is when that yellow came out yeah Harvick blows a tire those two were 13 seconds ahead of Bowman and they were fighting it out the winner was gonna be Hamlin or Logano yeah and they were going and Hamlin started pushing him too um at that point in the race they did not care about tire wear they were just trying to get out in front and get that clean air and then we had the caution with uh, 20 laps to go, and that one was out of nowhere, too. They were just driving, and then all of a sudden, you see Harvick uh, go into the wall. But then once that restart happened, Bowman was in third, and he just shot out of a cannon and passed both of them. He was like an untethered tetherball the last tw- – once he got by him, yeah. untethered tetherball, which some people tell me is just a ball, but it's not. It's like you're whipping around faster than everybody. And they, Clint Boyer called it. He called it with 32 laps to go. Uh, when Bowman was in fourth place, he's like, if they get a yellow, Bowman's the best car out there. Yeah. And he was. So, Well, and it wasn't without uh, a little <laughs> diciness. Our guy, Quinn Hoff, causing <laughs> we, some issues. We love that guy, but he almost dipshitted Alex Bowman with like two or three laps to go. Bowman is just charging hard. He's got two guys that are chasing him down. And Quinn Hoff is just like right in his path and will not get out of the way. It's like, come on, Quinn, you're 10 laps down. We love you. We love mane and tail. We, 
love over the moon eight ball whiskey we don't know about mountain lock <laughs> you know i don't have an rv when i get one we'll love my you know mountain lock but get out get out of the way Come on, but man. i will say this again if i'm a sponsor i'm looking at quinn hoff because he may not be winning the race but i saw his car more than i saw uh, like Ryan Newman's, Bubba Wallace, Cole Custer, all of those guys, because he every time they showed him, he was getting passed by the leaders. I felt like, but you're getting TV time. Yeah, you get lapped ten times, you get on TV ten times. So the uh, final uh, race results: Alex Bowman did come away with the win, Denny Hamlin second, Logano third, Christopher Belth with a quiet fourth place finish, Martin Truex fifth, Eric Amarola sixth, William Byron seventh, Kyle Busch, Matt De Benedetto, and Austin Dillon uh, rounding out the top 10 and before we get into our overall thoughts of the race i do want to give a shout out to uh justin haley who blew out his engine on lap one yeah and i think i said did i not say or was it the race before has he run back-to-back races it, oh, it was the last race i was like well how do you not put almondinger in that car at, at martinsville because i thought almondinger would have done better at martinsville yeah, it's gonna be so um, deflate. Like you go there, you get all jazzed up, you put in all this work into week one, or you know, in the week, you get there and you don't even last a like he literally just ran one lap and that was it. Oh, it was like the uh we'll talk about the indie race later. There was a Hunter Ray, whatever the nuts his name is, and another one of the uh, big guys, like you were waiting like five months, four months for the season to start. And you fucking crash on lap one. That wasn't even a blown engine. That was just a, yeah. hey, I'm a dipshit and I got in the grass. And but anyhow, so my yeah. so my overall thoughts again. It was a very very clean race. Uh, you only had one real accident, and that was Austin Cindric getting into Ryan Newman. The other one was uh, Kevin Harvick with a blown right tire. And again, I think he just overheated it, but he went into the wall. But I think that's why we only saw 14 guys on the lead lap. Um, just a lack of cautions and the lack of the free passes and the wave rounds yeah so guys like me that like david rudiman we wouldn't have been happy because our guy would have got lapped five times and this was you need a yellow you need a yellow when you got a car like that you need a yellow like every 30 laps yeah keep your guy on the you know but thank god because it would have kind of been like stage three in the truck race we were just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay so here's another thing that i saw on the uh twitter verse on monday and I mean, this is how the new point system is, but do we feel like Alex Bowman should have gotten more points than Denny Hamlin with the win? Denny Hamlin finished with 55 points. Bowman finished with 51. Well, I mean, we've talked about this on numerous episodes, though. That's part of the reason they did stage racing is they want people to race throughout the race. And, you know, Hamlin was, he was there at stage one. He was there at stage two. And it wasn't like he finished 53rd or 42,069th. He still finished third or second. Second. Yeah, he still finished second. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I mean, I think overall, if you look at it, Hamlin had the better race, so I think he should have gotten more points. I just saw some people and your guy in front of the program, Kenny Wallace, was tweeting about the uh, point system. But I do think it a, was it he against race, it or for? Or was he for it or against it? I think he was just bringing up the point that that's the problem with the point system the way it is. But again, I think it makes the races more interesting, and you get those free 
yellow flags that keep you know people from running away with it. it just makes it more interesting yeah i mean and like now i gotta pull the thing up hold on i'm pulling the thing up uh this is good radio like it's yeah it's only well it's only four more points like he got a lot of points for winning but he finished seventh and fourth in the stages where hamlin finished first and first guess what if bowman finishes third and third he's got more points than hamlin and we're not bitching about it yeah well i wouldn't say we're bitching he we're ran up in a race route well you know i love kenny wallace you know if if i could have an if i could adopt an uncle it would be kenny yeah but uh, you know you're wrong on this one kenny all right well speaking of alex bowman it was pretty cool to see the 48 in victory lane on the day that jimmy johnson was making his indie debut and we'll get into Johnson's debut, but I thought it was pretty cool. And then his post-race interview, he had a pet, pit crew member uh, pass away, so he dedicated him. And it had been a long, long time since Hendrick Motorsports has gotten into victory lane at Richmond. What year was that, 2006, 2008? 2008 is what I believe, the fall race of 08. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought Hendrick that, like, they got some pretty good drivers. To not have won in that long of a span is pretty amazing. So uh, Bowman the showman got him out of the funk. Yeah. All right. And now if we look at the overall, there's something I thought of was we have eight different winners in nine races. Do we start to see some teams kind of panic a little bit? There's some guys that they'd still be in the playoffs, but sooner or later, I think you got to get that, that win. Uh, looking at uh, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, these guys, uh, those playoff spots are filling up. I think you got another, this is arbitrary, like this, like I'm not a scientist. I think you got another five or six races before you start to panic. I mean, it's a, it's a long thingy. The key is to keep getting like top 10 finishes. You keep getting top 10 finishes. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to panic. If you don't, you don't. All right, and then another uh, feel like a broken record. Another rough weekend for Stuart Haas Racing. Well, it, it didn't like it didn't have to be like with twenty laps to go. They had two cars in the top eight, which isn't like two out of four isn't great, but it's better than what they had been doing. But then Harvick had the tire issue. My sleeper, Eric Amarola, he you know he pulled out a sixth. If we would have had a five car crash there at the end, he wins. <laughs> Yeah, I look like a genius, but then you got Briscoe finished 22nd, Custer finished 23rd, and then Harvick eventually finished 24th. So what could have been a a okay, hey, we're moving in the right direction is back to, you know, treading water. How many people do you think scan the QR code on Harvick's car? Probably none during the race. It's hard to do. I did it like I tried to do it during the race and it didn't work. So then I just. I did the, the one thing I did like, and I think it would have been easy if people were actually trying to do it, is when they had the in-car cameras on them instead yeah. of showing like the sponsor, they just had the QR code up there. Yeah, I just uh, I cheated like you. You know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah, I haven't heard. Did we win? I haven't gotten an email from Hunt Brothers yet, but we'll work on it. I think it was just a data data main, uh, mining scam. I don't think there was any prizes. I think Hunt Brothers is uh, better integrity than that, so I'm not gonna throw that out there. But I'll believe that when they start 
Well, you know, I believe that too, Hunt Brothers. I believe uh, you're the most, in, you have the most integrity of any pizza place I know. You didn't see me. <laughs> I winked. You didn't see that. All right. So, the wrong way, some guys that struggled this week, and that would be Roush Fenway Racing with uh, Busher finishing 25th and Newman finishing 30th. The other one's Bubba Wallace, 26th, and Michael McDowell, 27th, Ryan Priest, 29th. I want to say to all those drivers, uh, I think they're looking forward to going to Talladega because all those guys, I want to say, run pretty well at Talladega, and at this point, they need it. Yeah. And anything can happen at Talladega. You just got to survive the big one. Yeah. Wood Brothers Brothers didn't get their 100th win, but Matt DiBenedetto with a top 10 finish. Yeah, the uh, ice cream cake waits another week. But, yeah, it was a nice finish by Matty D. And he's one of those guys, every time there was a yellow, which wasn't much, he was like the last guy in the lead lap. So he was the survivor. Um, even that last yellow with the Harvick tire, he was ninth and he was the last car in the lead lap. Um, so way to hang in there, you know. He took advantage of that uh, the crazy-ass uh, yellow in the middle of the green uh, – green flag pit cycle to move up 10 spots. And then once he got in the top 10, he was uh, hanging tough. And where are the Toyotas? Yeah. The race, what was the race called? It was the Toyota owners 400, um, 400, 400, 500, whatever it takes. But I mentioned the other day that there were only four Fords in the truck race. And I shamed uh, the anti-Semite Henry Ford. Um, There was only five Toyota trucks. Like one, this is one of those things like I should have noticed at the beginning of the year, but I'm not really paying attention. Like, how are there only five Toyotas um, out of the 38 to 40 something cars that run every uh, race? Like to me, like next year, if I'm one of these people like JTG Doherty or Rick Ware, like I move away from Chevy or Ford being like the third or fourth tier Ford or Chevy team. Maybe look in the Toyota and maybe, although we listened to that Toyota development guy and he seemed like he was just <laughs> a money guy a couple of weeks ago. But like I might look in the, hey, maybe if I'm the second uh, Toyota team, I get more help. I don't yeah. know. I know uh, 23XI. Yep. And Joe Gibbs Racing are the only Toyotas. Well, 23XI is talking about expanding in the future, although – get your one guy up there higher first before you worry about that so there might be some more toyotas coming that way but yeah i would think if you're one of those lower tier chevy teams you look at a change at some point and hey there were only five toyotas but didn't they finish in the top eight four did yeah and then bubba finished 26 yeah so they they run fast you know yeah not that i but it was just weird the name of the race is toyota owners and the only Toyota owners were Joe Gibbs and uh, Denny Jordan Hamlin. Michael. Denny Jordan, yeah, close. All right, and then you have an idea to help with the pit speed penalties. I don't know how feasible this is, but you try to explain it. Okay, this is my idea. This, I, I'm going to get Kenny Wallace on board with this, maybe pass this along to Clint Boyer. So they do this thing. If you watch NASCAR, like right before they go to green flag racing, the pace car 
takes the cars through pit lane at 55 miles an hour, which we haven't even talked about this. Are they using the pace cars odometer? Cause you're telling me we can't put an odometer in a race car because it's not accurate. So is this pace car going, if they're using the pace cars odometer, is that accurate? First of all, but let's say it is like pit road speeds vary depending on the track. I want to say the super speedways are like 55. Some of the short tracks, it's down to 45 just because it, it's so tight. Well, when they're at Talladega and they're going through pit road at 55, allegedly, if the pace car is only going 53, but they don't tell the drivers, like they say, hey, wink, wink, we're going 55, but they're only going 53. And then the racers set their tachometers or whatever the hell they do. Uh, they like code it up with some effing lights or something. So the drivers mentally are thinking they're going 55, but they're only going 53. No one ever in the history of racing ever will speed on pit road. Unless you're trying to gain some seconds on Denny Hamlin, like a couple of these guys were. But you're still, you have a two mile per hour cushion. Like how fast are these people speeding on pit road? Which they never tell us. Well, they, they never say, say. Well, they said, uh, I think they have a five mile per hour buffer. So if the speed limit's 40 or 45, they get the five mile per hour buffer. Okay, so now they have a seven mile. No one will ever speed again. Like I have solved every frustrated driver fan. Like I still think Kyle Busch would have. He was coming in pretty hot. Oh, it, well, that wasn't that was a commitment cone, wasn't it? He, yeah, uh, but I'm saying if even if he had he would have got both. He would have got double whammy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what's coming in when you're coming in like your uh, your hair's on fire. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah, that's just my bright idea. You know, maybe 52 miles per hour works better than 53, but it's like a placebo effect type thing or something like yeah. that. And it's a genius effing idea. And why no one but me has thought about it is. That means that you don't, that tells me that you're off on something and you're probably wrong. If no one else has thought about it besides you. I'm just forward thinking. All right. I'm just frustrated that like it continues to happen and the whole can't put a speedometer in the car thing is just what blows my mind like I, that like there's the logic behind like the, when they explain how they figure out the the miles per hour by doing some sort of equation with rpms and the lights on their dashboard it's like that cannot possibly be more accurate than a speedometer i don't know I like the idea. We'll have to pitch it to somebody that knows more. We're just average guys, but we're, I like the idea. Yeah. I just don't know if it's feasible. Well, how is this not feasible though? You're just, the truck is just going, anyhow, let's go on. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want to be one of those boring ass hour long drone on. Well, we're getting there. Well, we've been pretty good at keeping ours to like 30 minutes of just hot, just boiling hot takes. Sorry, I slowed the show down. I apologize. It couldn't be any worse than when I accidentally had you on mute a little bit ago. Did that really fuck up the show? Or are you going to have to cut some of that yeah. out? Or well, we I'm going to have to cut out your swing. Anyway, all right. So let's wrap up. Last thing, uh, not NASCAR related, but uh, he did win the championship seven times. Jimmy Johnson's debut at the Indy race. Yeah. I, did you watch it? I did not. Oh, I watched it. I watched. Uh, I saw the highlights of him avoiding the wreck. I watched it this morning. Um, 
he actually wasn't like he avoided the crash pretty good um and then he had a spin out on lap 10 and it's one of those spin outs you're gonna have if you're a nascar guy in your first race at indy because he's coming up over a hill uh, uh, elevation car in front of him car indy cars act different than uh nascars that's fucking common sense but uh he now knows there are certain times when the air coming off the car in front of you will <laughs> cause you to spin out, which is what happened. He spun out, car still ran. He finished in 19th place, finished the race. He was two laps behind, a lot of good experience. Um, I don't know if people are expecting him to win right away, but he's not. That's just the, the, that's just the facts. Well, it's um, I thought he, it's rare to see. I thought he did what had happened? I said it's rare to see NASCAR guys go to Indy. So I think yeah. Well, I think it's because of the. I, I don't know. The, I'm thinking this is true. I don't know if it's true. I believe there's more money in NASCAR, which I think's why the sh- like Almendinger, Danica Patrick, Sam Hornish, Tony Stewart. There's some Juan others Pablo have Montoya. gone. Who's that? Juan Pablo Montoya. Juan Pablo, yeah, one of the old. Uh, I call him JP Montoya, um, but uh, they've all gone the other way. Um, mixed results. Almendinger, he's a really good Xfinity guy now, but he struggled uh, up top. He had a couple road course wins. Danica, we won't get into that. Sam Hornish finished second Xfinity, but he struggled cup. Tony Stewart's the big one. You know, you, you can't doubt the success he had. It's just a little weird with Jimmy Johnson because all those people that came the other way, most of them still in their driving prime. Jimmy Johnson's still in a prime that blows my, like what I'm currently at out of the water, but racing, I don't know if he's in his prime. So it's going to be hard to judge these results with what he might've been able to do five, 10 years ago in an Indy car. All right. Well, that will do it for our Richmond recap. Again, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Loose Lug Nuts Pod or on Instagram at Loose Lug Nuts Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. We are on iTunes and Spotify. Rate us five stars. Do we, we get any more ratings? We got, we got two more ratings, and we're up to like 14. All right. So my my shaming people is working. Hey, keep it up. We need the rating. I wish they would do it out of love, but if they're just going to do it out of me shaming them, that's, you know, I'll definitely. Hey, they all count the same. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Yeah. We will be back with a special episode on Wednesday. Uh, got a nice interview with a uh, 17-year cup veteran. Don't want to spoil it. You'll have to tune in on Wednesday when that episode drops, and then we will be back on Friday to preview uh, Talladega. Any final words, Tommy? You know, I'm excited to uh, I'm uh, listen to the uh, podcast on Wednesday. Um I know you don't listen to it, but I do. So I'm excited. I think our fans should be excited. And I think people who aren't our fans should be excited. And then they should become our fans. All right. So we will be back uh, Wednesday with a special episode. And then on Friday to preview one of my favorite tracks. One that I've been to a couple times in Talladega. Appreciate everybody listening. We'll see you on Wednesday. I grew up in Texas where football was my game. 
Till that racing fever started burning in my brain Started running many stocks when I was 13 And won a short track championship when I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde and he built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hill and Strillin' Company We ran in five Grand Nationals when I was 17 My Talladega finish was the start of my big dream Thank you for the ride, Harry Hyde And I'm glad I had Granddaddy on my side given me the brakes I must admit she smiled a bit but it's me that runs the race now you can't be a champion due to luck or circumstance I'll do the best I can for those who've given me the chance thank you for the 